0: This is Rainmaker FM, the digital marketing podcast network. It's built on the Rainmaker platform, which empowers you to build your own digital marketing and sales platform. Start your free 14-day trial at rainmakerplatform.com. These are the writer files. A tour through the habits, habitats, and brains of working writers. From online content creators to fictionists, journalists, entrepreneurs, and beyond. I'm your host, Kelton Reed, Director of Multimedia Production for Copyblogger Media. I've been there in the trenches, from indie screenwriter to online content creator, and I know the battle of the blank page. I'll be the first to admit that writers are a pretty weird bunch, but we've been looked at as conjurers for thousands of years, For our abilities to give meaning to thoughts, tell amazing stories, and even sell things. From Aristotle to Don Draper, great scribes have been hailed as heroes since the invention of charcoal. Lucky for you and I, the art of great writing at this critical time in history is more vital and in demand than it's ever been. But sometimes writers get stuck. The right words don't appear. We get distracted or worse, lose interest in our work. And that's when the solitary nature of writing can be a curse. So I'm here to remind you that all writers have moments of doubt, feelings of ineffectiveness, and droughts where the words aren't flowing. And for writers like you and I to stay productive, creative, and sane, sometimes we just need to step away from our keyboards. And that's where the Writer Files comes in. We'll take a look around, see how other scribes keep the ink flowing and the cursor moving without losing their minds, and we may learn a few things about our own process along the way. In this episode, I want to share the file of Copyblogger's chief content writer, Damian Farnworth. Damien's a prolific online publisher whose storied career has spanned from consultant to senior web copywriter and even managing editor for a print magazine. His mission statement is to write clear, concise, and compelling copy. And between the writing he does for Copyblogger, his own personal blog, and his two podcasts that regularly land at the top of iTunes, he promises to, quote, deliver the essential writing advice you need to succeed online. Let's flip through the file of prolific writer and podcaster, Damian Farnworth. Greetings, Damian. You know, I thought it only appropriate to have you on the show because of our shared work on the Writer Files written interview series over at uh, copyblogger.com, where you are still a contributing editor to the series, which is very cool. And now we both have podcasts here on uh, Rainmaker.fm.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I um I love doing the writer files because I th- just a, it's a great set of questions, and every time that I do one, like the people who I uh, interview come back with that was the best interview I've ever done. And I'm like I've got to give Kelton credit because I didn't come up with the questions. And of course, you know, the premises from the Proust questionnaire, of course, but yeah, but everybody that I talk to, and, I've, oh, and I I, love doing them too, because they're not your typical, you know, questions uh, about business and because we're in the field of marketing and you can ask the same questions. And it's like, for me, and I think, well, because it's the, the, right, it's the writer files, I always enjoy like, Hearing about people outside of their business, like what, like, I know that you are many dimensions, so show me more of that. So that's why a reason I like doing those and people walking away and thinking that was just a great interview. So well done. Thank you for sharing that with me.
0: Absolutely. Um, it made perfect sense and you were a good fit for that. And I really uh, love the work that you've been doing on it as well. And I think we should get into the file of one Damien Farnworth. What are you saying? Game. <laughs>
1: I'm game. Thank you.
0: Let's talk a little bit about you, the author. Uh, Who are you and what is your area of expertise?
1: The short answer is I was or am a poet who figured out how to make money writing online um, so that I could make a living and raise a family. And so I fell in love with marketing and uh, through Robert Cialdini's book Influence and realized that um, what I loved doing, which was writing, um, it was, you know, I was capable of continuing to do it. I could sustain it through, you know, what I did and that I didn't have to succumb to a sense of, you know, like this is stale business stuff, but I could actually treat it as art, but still be useful, you know, and still be meaningful to people who have problems and are looking for solutions. I love Cialdini's uh,
0: influence also, and I'll link to that in the show notes. So, where can we find your writing?
1: Copyblogger.com. I think it's like if you just look up Damien Farnworth, you could find all my articles there. I also have a personal website called The TheCopyBot. That's TheCopyBot.com. And uh, of course, sh- you can find, you can listen to my writing on my podcast, um, Rough Draft, where it's a daily short show about the craft of writing online.
0: And what are you working on right now, Damian?
1: So I'm working on the show. So my thought behind the show was I want it short. I want it daily. I want it sequential. So I'm kind of treating it like everything that I've learned over the years, I want to sort of systematize it, like start from the very beginning and work through as if I was having a conversation with people. So about two or three times out of the week, I write scripts for that, and then I record on Fridays. And then also, I'm you know working with uh, Jared on the show The Lead, which we're doing a great little series. Uh, what we're calling it the Hero versus Villain series, where we take popular concepts in the business and marketing world and debate those from you know a hero position or a villain position and that's been a lot of fun, but it's a lot of research too. And of course, I'm also focusing on what they call adaptive content for this year for uh, the copy blogger blog. And, uh, that's a work in progress. It's probably going to be a year long adventure because it's very new to me and it's, it hasn't quite been defined. So it's a bit complicated and so I'm sort of finding my way through it. it. You know, we're out in front of, uh, of it, of that trend. And so we're just, Kind of getting the chance to define it, so that's been a lot of fun to do too so let's spin through
0: um, a little bit about your productivity. How much time per day do you read or do research?
1: I want to say three, four, five hours I mean I, I I wouldn't say there's defined time, but because everything that I do read, whether books or blogs is research in my mind but you know if there's like acute research where I'm working on a project. Probably about two or three hours a day.
0: And before you um, fire up the Mac book or uh, typewriter, do you have any pregame rituals or practices?
1: <laughs> um, I like. So I like to work in the morning. Like I'm, I'm just genuinely freshest in the morning, most clear in thinking, probably most productive. But um, I like to spend probably about like an hour, an hour and a half reading and. Meditating and just sort of getting my head sort of clear, and then once that's done, I get up, I eat. Probably I'm drinking coffee, of course, and then I just sit down and write.
0: So that brings me to our next question, which is, wh- what is your most productive locale uh, for your writing?
1: I, get, I guess my desk. Like I feel very comfortable. Like I'm so I'm a creature of habit. I like routine, and. So I like writing at my desk, but I can also, you know, I can certainly find different places in our house to do that, or at uh, the local coffee shop, as long as I get headphones on. But probably, you know, my favorite location is my desk, in my office, and my basement.
0: So, do you prefer any uh, particular music or silence while you write?
1: So I like music. So, and I, get, I guess it just depends too, because I know some. Like, I remember John Morrow, his answer to this question was like silence, because there's a certain cadence to writing. And I agree with him, but it's like I find my productivity sometimes goes up when I've got the right music and the right cadence. So, like, if I'm working on a rough draft or a first draft of something, it's usually something that's like a kind of drum storm driving type of, you know, uh, fast moving. So, where it's pushing me, you know, forward and I'm moving forward. But then when I'm in probably in that more careful kind of precision phase where I'm editing, I like to listen to more instrumental work, like, by um, uh, Richard James who's also known as Aphex Twin or some sort of um, you know background like like I like also and I may butcher the name the Icelandic band Sigur Sigur Ross, oh, I believe is yeah. the name so I, love those guys. I right so I like that too because I I don't understand what they're saying so it's not <laughs> like it, it's not like it interferes with my thinking you know right. but it's but it's very beautiful it's very it's also uh melodic and Uh, just beautiful. So depending on, you know, which phase I'm in depends on the kind of music. And sometimes, you know, I I will just sort of shut everything off and just kind of, you know, write in silence, but that's unusual. I like music. So I tend to, and I think that writing in a lot of ways, I treat like my writing as music. I think of a keyboard, my keyboard, my laptop is not any different than the keyboard on a piano.
0: I'm going to have to steal that. Um, how many hours a day would you say you spend? writing and and I'm not including uh, email.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Right. So I try to get started about eight o'clock. It's usually more like 8.30, sometimes nine, but I'll push through, you know, till 12, till one, till two, depending on how much, you know, I have to do and to get done. And of course, there are breaks in between there. My prevailing philosophy about writing is, you know, I, you know, I share this with a lot of people is keep, keep your bottom in the seat. Um, but it's also to the extent of like, just push yourself. You know, I'm not really into this idea of like having work for 33 minutes and then take a three minute break, or whatever the, uh, you know, Eugene Schwartz technique where you have prescribed times. Like I let like what needs to be done dictate, you know, that like, mm-hmm. you know, if I've got, I want to get through this section, uh, like, you know, I'll reward myself. So I'll say <laughs> once I get to this section, you know, um, I I can get up and use the restroom or once I, you know, nail this closing, uh, then I can get up and go get something to eat. So I sort of bait myself to finish certain work and, you know, reward myself then. So to answer your long way of saying, to answer your question, um, pro, you know, and it could be anywhere from, you know, two, three, four to six hours a day. It just depends on the, the, the demand and what I'm working on.
0: Sure. Sure. So do you feel like you write every day?
1: I do. I don't usually typically right on the weekends though I feel like I need that break and I appreciate that break sometimes I will break that rule but I just don't, you know I like to just completely separate myself from what I'm working on over the weekend
0: all right this is the tough one do you believe in writer's block
1: no I don't because yeah I don't believe in it because I think that it's a cop-out to say that, that there's writer's block? I mean, sh- 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 sure, we struggle with th- the ability to say what we want to say, and we, we all struggle with the idea of, like, this is a dumb idea, so I'm not going to write it. Or um, we just don't have anything to say, and so we're not going to write. But I think, you know, writer's block is this idea of I need to write something, but I can't write it. I think that the, you know, the easiest way around that is just if you, if, I, if I feel like I'm in that position... And I clearly have not done enough research, and it's that old Abraham Lincoln, you know, uh, saying where he says, "If I have going to chop down a tree, I'll spend ninety percent of the time sharpening the saw." Or I think that's what he said, or the axe, or whatever it is. So it's you know, most everything comes really easily if you like over prepare, and so that's what I tend to do. And so I don't, if I feel like I I don't have anything to say about this, it's clearly I have not, you know, I have not done my homework.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your workflow. What hardware or um, typewriter model are you presently using?
1: I think that it's a MacBook Air, and it's like the 13-inch screen, and that's the extent of what I know. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> well, I won't push you on that one. Yeah. Um, what, what software do you use uh, most for Okay, your, your so workflow?
1: I, well, so I like to... Work inside WordPress right So if like I'm working on something for our blog whether it's our blog or my own blog, um, I will just work in Word in WordPress so that you know, I automatically have the code behind the links and all that if I need to share uh, the, the, uh, the text version of it. So that's the preferred is that's is just to work straight into WordPress and if I need to I'll work in Word and of course sometimes I'll work in Google Docs and on the platform medium. But, you know, that's more of copy-paste stuff than anything.
0: Do you have any best practices for beating procrastination?
1: I think the only thing that I can say to that is that I just do it. Procrastination does not discriminate between, like, if I have something I really, really want to work on versus something I don't want to work on, like, it'll it'll occur. But it's more, I think it's just laziness than anything. So hmm. I just know that I got to do it. And I have, that's why, I, you know, I'm a routine guy, so I need to sit down. I have my time. I got to work and I got to do the work. And I know that, you know, um, it's not going to go away. So I just need to deal with it. So, I mean, yeah. that's what you know, I just tell myself, you got to, you know, whether you want to do this or not, you have to do it. So if it's something that I want to do, I'll try to get it out or, you know, I'll do it first. So it's done. I don't have it hanging over my head. But other than that, it's just to sit down and do the work.
0: This is kind of a broad question, but how do you stay organized? Do you have any, do you have any, Mad science or, or methods. <laughs> I know. I know. I've seen some photos um, of your office.
1: So, well, yeah, what you're referring to is like, so when I do research, right? It's the process is like this. It's like I mentioned, or over prepare. Um, and so you've got notes scattered everywhere whether they're written or in evernote and then so then kind of organize bring those notes together codify them into one platform like it's if it's on evernote and then i kind of transfer them to the whiteboard so that i can start to see them and see them in in, in place and like how these pieces are going to fit in together because typically that occurs like when i'm working on something that's large and sequential and long-term. So, for example, when I did the Native Advertising series or the Google Plus series, that was my very precise procedure because I knew that I had six or seven articles to write on that and I had a lot of material and I wanted to see how everything fit into place. So it's kind of a word-based storyboarding is the way I'd probably describe it. Yeah. So I can see it and then I can just move parts around and say, okay, that's, going to go there and, and then pile. So that's how I would organize m- my work.
0: Okay. Um, so the last question about your workflow is how do you unplug at the end of the day?
1: That's a good question. Um, I try. I try to just get up and I leave my office and I try to leave my phone behind and everything and then go spend time with my son or my daughter or go for a run or go read a book completely unrelated to work. So it's really those three things, It's probably uh, run, play with the family or read, read.
0: I want to take a quick pause to mention that the writer files is brought to you by the Rainmaker platform. If you're looking to easily build a powerful publishing and marketing website that drives your online business, head over to rainmaker.fm platform right now and sign up for a free 14 day trial to see if it might be a fit for you. Rainmaker handles all the technical elements of good online business practices for you, including design, content, traffic, and conversion, and does it all under one roof. Head over to rainmaker.fm slash platform right now and get back to building your online business. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about creativity. How do you define creativity in your own words?
1: That's a good one. So I think creativity is really just bringing two like divergent ideas together i mean being creative is experimenting and that putting pieces together until they until they work and yeah, that's such a hard one, but I think that probably, and I've always, I think it was T.S. Eliot who sort of described what a poem was. His metaphor was a chemical reaction where two different elements come together and create something totally new. And so I think I've always probably defaulted back to that definition of creation, creativity, which implicit in that is that idea of experimentation and and, and play And, um, you know, failure, but at the same time, sort of enjoying that until you get to a place where like, aha, that finally works. Okay. So on that note, who or what is your muse at the moment? (laughs) Probably music. I view what I do as a writer. I can't get away from the connection that, you know, when I'm writing something, I want to create an image in someone's head that they would see with their mind's eye, not that that's, could be compared to the way music sort of appears in people's heads. So I really like, you know, when I think about the people who inspire me, it's almost always musicians. Now I have my favorite writers, but, but musicians just really inspire me because I think there's something about music that... Um, I would like to be able to duplicate as a writer, and I don't play any instruments, so I have to pretend like I play the keyboards.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Back to your um, initial metaphor, which I love. Can you share a favorite inspirational quote?
1: Inspirational? I don't think it's inspirational, but my favorite quote for sure has to be uh, Will Rogers. He said, never miss an opportunity to shut up.
0: Okay. So and I think
1: yeah all right I say that's inspirational in the sense because I mean I don't know um I I need to be inspired to listen to people versus you know always you know being forceful and being the first one to speak and being quick to answer and being that so I'm inspired by the idea of just being silent and letting other people speak and 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 sort of tuning in on who they are so and you only do that when you're quiet well put
0: <laughs> um, okay what makes a writer great, in your opinion?
1: Not giving up. And um, I, I think that's cheesy. But <laughs> um, I, the reason I say that is because I go back to this idea. When I, so, so let's define what a great writer is. It's someone who's sort of, in my mind, passes the test of time, so has a legacy, has longevity, and what they're saying a pl- Applies universally. Now, I I know in our field that that's kind of hard to get to because a lot of times what we're dealing with is just sort of superficial, kind of time dominated issues. And so we could write something uh, that is really kind of meaningless a year later because the industry has changed in some sense. But I think a writer has. Uh, writers great when they have legs and that they can they can write just about anything and they write well about it and it's meaningful and there's some sort of it leaves a taste in your mouth and so and I think the only reason the way you can get there is if you persevere and if you don't give up because in the end, I mean it's really kind of a war of attrition, and that's you know um the episode of Rough Draft for this day was basically describing the 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 state of affairs online is the fact that most people don't read what you write. Uh, yet you have to yeah. be okay with that, and you have to write anyway. So the, the, a great writer, I think, is someone who says, "Okay, that's 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 the environment in which I have to work in." So now I have to ask myself, "Am I okay with that?" You know, they have to ask that "why" question. Why am I doing this? If things are so bleak, why am I doing this? And uh, then persevering through that, and, and because eventually you have to to master that and to become someone who's well-read and well-respected, you have to persevere and you have to continue and you have to really, and I say a war of attrition to rise above the noise, eventually you gain traction and you start, you know, because a lot of times you see people who start out and it's like they've got great traction, but for one reason or another, they stop or they have to quit, and so they just sort of die out, you know, and they don't reach the potential that they can reach because they they, they didn't persevere for whatever reason. So it's perseverance that ultimately makes a great writer, because it's the person who just says. I mean, I think about like Herman Melville and Moby Dick, and you know, he died a penniless uh, stock merchant, and it was wasn't until like seventy years later that people realized the genius of Moby Dick. But he had said, "I wrote I wrote the Gospel of the." ages, but nobody pay, is paying attention, you know? And, and yet he still wrote, you know, he still wrote within that, yeah. you know? So, uh, I admire that. I think that's what make a, makes a writer great. Of course, the quality of the writing has to be good. So,
0: uh, do you have a couple favorite writers at the moment online or offline?
1: So I admire people like Joan Didion and, uh, William Faulkner and, uh, Christopher uh, um, I think people who like have have, t- have taken the language and have used it in such a way that you know in- inspires and is beautiful uh, and yet you know like Christopher Hitchens for example I like him because of just his ch- his the way he challenged the status quo and he made just as many friends as he made enemies yet he wrote and he wrote well you know and he studied people and so um, I like to also you know, read a lot of 16th, 17th century writers to um, like, I don't know if I'm going to get this right, but uh, Montaigne is his name. Mm. And then online, um, I you know, that's a good question about like current writers who might enjoy because most of what I do online is sort of just all research related. So I may eventually, I mean, David Sedaris is another guy. He doesn't write online, of course, but David Sedaris is another guy that I like a lot and I like his writing. Um, but there's just, you know, when it comes to like online writers, I think, you know, the people who I really admire online, I think are a lot of like the long form journalists who tell really good stories. Mm-hmm. And, um, I always, you know, fall into those, um, the guys like, I think Michael Cruz, he's down in Tampa Bay, uh, is one guy who's kind of, he started the website Gan Gray, uh, which was just promoting the idea of long farm journalism, trying to keep it alive. But those guys who do that sort of stuff, I, I always admire.
0: Let's finish up with some fun ones. Who, okay. is, who is your favorite literary character? I know you mentioned a few, but uh, do you
1: have... <laughs> My favorite literary character? Yeah. Um, I would have to go probably the most recent one. like So Hazel Moats, which is Flannery O'Connor's book is, a, I think it's wise blood and Hazel Motes is just like, and the reason I, I mentioned him because a friend and I just, we discussed that, like how, how just an awful character he is, but you know, uh, I think we all could relate to him in some sense because he was, you know, he was r- religious, but he fought just like, I mean, he just did some awful things and, um, so, I mean, you know, I, I think of memorable characters, right? And I always think of uh, I always think of him as a memorable character. And of course, anything by Dostoevsky, any main character that Dostoevsky writes about, I think is, um, you know, is a memorable character. So,
0: okay, if you could have dinner, all expense paid, at mm. your favorite restaurant in the world, with one author, living or dead, who would you choose?
1: I would probably choose William Faulkner because I think he is is like, uh, you know, the writer whom I admire the most. And he's probably one of the most difficult writers to read in some cases too. But he's also wrote some very compelling, very clear, very simple stories too. And, you know, I'm not sure that it would be interesting to have dinner with him because, I mean, if you meet most writers, I, I, I think, you know, they're not just socially agile people, you know, unless they get sauced up. So anyway, William Faulkner. Okay.
0: Let's go to who or what has been your greatest teacher in writing or life?
1: I have to say probably my wife because just so much of the way she helped me develop as a writer. I mean, it's it's that, you know, behind every great man, and I'm not suggesting anybody means that I'm a great man, but any success that I have, I can point back to my wife because she's really been kind of the person who's encouraged me and been the fire underneath my seat to get things done. And um, so I've looked at her and just her encouragement and just, you know, teaching me, you know, to kind of continue in spite of you know, obstacles and rejection and just doing things and that we all sort of deal with this stuff, but you just got to continue, you know, to move on and not to be, you know, so overwhelmed by that kind of stuff. So she's been a great teacher.
0: Okay. What is your biggest writer's
1: fetish? Fetish. My biggest writer's fetish, man.
0: If you need some help, mine is vintage typewriters. Vintage
1: style. So when you say fetish,
0: most writers have like some secret fetish, like they collect uh, uh, like first editions or, um, uh, self, you know, like self-help books or um, <laughs> I don't uh, know, but I feel like every writer I've ever met has some um, strange collection or, fe- you know, writing related fetish pictures of great writers over their uh, desk, like well, de- deities. It,
1: yeah. So, I mean, this is like lame, but it ha- would have to be books. I mean, I just, you know, I like books and I like to buy books and I like to read books and I can't think of a better way to spend time. So, and I, you know, I know that's not really a fetish because, and I'm not really quiet about it, but it is an obsession. So I hope that counts.
0: <laughs> well, maybe, <laughs> maybe um, if they are actually made of paper. That could count as a fetish.
1: Because. It really is. And I do prefer that. A, 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 <laughs> I do the prefer the paper version.
0: Uh, and I do too, I will admit. So can you offer any advice to fellow writers on how to keep the ink flowing and the cursor moving?
1: So what's worked for me is simply just to continue to, so like just feed that fire. I read a quote the other day by, Plutarch, and I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but so he was a essayist, like 800 or 100 to 200 AD, or so around you know early last millennium. And uh, but he, so he said that you know it's it's think of it more of uh, you know uh, as a fire, and that you need to kindle that fire. So if you want to keep the ink going, you know, don't let the well run dry. So continue to read, continue to research, continue to be curious. And so I, I think that's the, you know, it's like the, the most fascinating, the best, you know, writers are those who are just insanely curious and can't stop. So I, I, you know, I don't offer that really as advice because it's something that you can't really teach or something like you can instill in people. I think it's something that's found, you know, within people. And so they're just naturally curious, but to keep that cursor moving and the ink you know, from going dry is simply just to continue to read and just to consume. And so the metaphor that I like to use a lot is about, you know, being a renegade sinkhole, right? So just everything around you observe and absorb it. And, you know, sinkholes are those phenomenons in places like Florida, where just out of nowhere, they just, everything collapses into a deep hole within it. And so, you know, I kind of like think of that, as a as a writer, as a good writer, you just, as you're moving through life, you're just, you're absorbing and observing everything. And it's just kind of be falling into that hole for possible material in the future, whether you do it consciously or not.
0: Wow. I just kind of fell into a
1: sinkhole listening
0: to you talk about <laughs> that. <laughs> so uh, finally, is there anything else that you'd like writers to know about you, including um, where they can connect with you online?
1: So, yeah, um, Listen to Rough Draft and uh, let me know what you think. And I'd love their support. I I appreciate their attention. And I do not take any of that for granted. And uh, so, yeah, please find me at Rough Draft.
0: Excellent. And that's roughdraft.fm on uh, rainmaker.fm. Thank you so much, Damien. I really appreciate your time and um, for creating your own writer file. Um, <laughs> definitely um, look forward to seeing you uh, soon.
1: Hey, thank you. I appreciate this. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Abraham Lincoln. Some great advice for Mr. Lincoln and also for Mr. Farnworth. Thank you. You can never overprepare or be too curious. Thanks for flipping through Damien's file with me. If you enjoyed the inaugural episode of the Writer Files podcast, feel free to leave a comment or question on the website at writerfiles.fm. And please leave us a rating or review in iTunes to help other writers find us. You can find me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.